What is up, you beautiful, beautiful listeners? We are back, <laughs> episode 10 of Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dante on Deck. And we are back for another, another episode of Chasing Banners. I am here with my co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, I am so excited to have you on today, man, because we actually have Celtics basketball to talk about. So Finally. Finally, bro. I know. It's just... Oh, it's so exciting, man. But give your introduction. I, I just can't wait to get into this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Banners. I'm so happy that we finally have Celtics basketball back. Uh, this is episode 10, the JoJo White episode. Shout out JoJo. Shout out JoJo, which is retired by the Celtics, the number. And uh, yeah, we're going to get right into it. We're excited that we have been able to see the sport of basketball come back mm-hmm. after such a long time. So I'm excited for it. We actually have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that's been our biggest thing. We've, we've had these podcasts and we talk about like what we think is going to happen, what we want to see, who we want to see break out. Like, and it's just been hypothetical. It's just like what we think is going to happen, what we want to happen. But now we actually have – witness these basketball games we have actually witnessed these players come back perform and we have some something to talk about so the celtics so far have had two scrimmage games today is sunday july 26th they just finished up their second scrimmage game against the phoenix suns we're going to start with game one which came on friday this past friday against the oklahoma city thunder and they lost that game 98 to 84 um this was the very first time that this team has got together and played basketball in months. So I think, yes, there are high expectations when the regular season starts and the playoffs come, those expectations should, that's fair to have these, those expectations, whatever those expectations may be for you. But for these scrimmage games, these games mean nothing. These games are just like about shaking the rust off, getting back out there. And that is exactly what the Celtics had to do this game because Ryan, the Celtics looked like, if I'm just going to be completely honest with you, they looked like absolute crap the first game. Like, they looked just so rusty. Um, They hadn't played basketball in over 130 days at this point. The first half was – the starters played the first half. They didn't play the second half, which makes sense. I mean, in a game that – in a game where it virtually means nothing, like these scrimmage games don't count towards anything, there's no need to have your starters, your best players out there playing 20, 30 minutes. Like you just don't need to see that because, you know, risk of injury, you don't want them to get too tired out. None of that stuff. Um, Jalen Brown looked fantastic. He started the game He started the game right away hitting a turnaround jumper over Chris Paul, and it was like just a nasty move. Um, and Tremont Waters was another player that absolutely stood out to me that game. He is a player that I have been raving about all year long. G League Rookie of the Year came third in MVP voting, and he's on a two-way contract for the Celtics, so he was only able to be with the team for 45 days during the regular season, which didn't allow him to really get uh, to play much. And and the times that he did play, he was very effective. He made an impact in the short amount of time he would play for the Celtics. But because of his contract, it not being a full regular contract, it didn't allow him to play as much as fans would want have wanted him to, especially seeing how he was playing 
during his season in the G League. But he, he played this game. He was just – he looked like a natural, Ryan. He just looked like an absolute natural leading the second unit. Brad Wanamaker, I've said – like, Brad Wanamaker confuses me, and I want to get your opinion on what you think about Brad Wanamaker because Brad Wanamaker is like – he can make the right decisions. He's a high IQ player, but there are times – that he's out there and he just acts like he's the best player on the court. And he just doesn't, it just doesn't feel like he fits in with the team. And when Tremont Wise was out there, he just looked, he was making the right passes. He was, he wasn't playing for himself. He was getting his teammates involved. He was just getting the ball movement on the bench. Honestly looked better than the ball movement uh, from the starters. So I think judging by that game, I think Tremont Wires deserves to have more minutes. He deserves way more minutes. Um, especially now that, you know, you can have 17 guys on the roster. That two-way contract will not limit him for how many games he could play. So he should uh, get a solid run with this team during the regular season and the postseason, in my opinion, Ryan. What do you think? Well, I'd have to agree with you. Brad Wanamaker is a really inconsistent player for this team. We have seen it all season. Each time he'll come into the game, it's kind of like, why is he out there? There's definitely better options than him. And Tremont Waters is definitely a guy that could be that guy that's a better option. I mean, we only got to see Tremont for a limited amount of time this season. And to start so far with the startup again, I mean, like, it's looking like he's looking good and is still the better option than Brad Wanamaker. Uh, which has been like an obvious thing for a while now, even though with the limited time he's played. But yeah, they need to, they just need to find that con- consistent guy off the bench. And if Tremont could come in and be that guy, why would you give the minutes to Brad Wanamaker, right? He, he comes in, it's the same exact thing that you say. Like he thinks he's like the best player or something like that, or he's trying to make a statement. Like he doesn't need to do that. He just needs to do his job, which is basically – drive and dish and I mean he can hit shots like he was hitting shots in today's game for example but next game it's a whole different story and then he's turning the ball over and it's just why why use him when you can have a consistent young guy come off the bench like Traymond Waters who brings a hell of a lot of energy and is almost like a young Marcus Smart to this team dude I I actually like don't have enough great like there are just so many things I could say about Tremont Waters and how great of a player he is. In the first game, there was one play I remember. There was, I just wanted to scream. If Brad Wanamaker was in front of me, I would have just been like, bro, what are you doing? He had the ball, lost the dribble, like didn't know what he was doing. He had just Tatum open at the top of the key for three the entire play, but just kept dribbling it around, got the ball back somehow, and hits a three. And I was like, you are so lucky you hit that three because if you didn't, I would have just yanked him out if I was Brad Stevens. In the first game against the Thunder, Tremont Water played 16 minutes, had seven points, and five assists, and three steals. Like, and the limited amount of time that he's on the court, he makes, he makes good use out of his minutes. And he's, he's a great defender. He's, he has quick hands. He makes the right decisions, makes the right passes, makes the right plays. And he had seven points, shot three for seven, but... He focuses on getting his teammates involved. He focuses on getting the entire bench involved, and that's what makes him so good. I've said it before. He's like that type of spark player. He's like a spark plug off the bench. He reminds me of like Shane Larkin a few years ago. Like that's exactly what he reminds me of. But to a point, to a 
to an extent where he can play more minutes. Like I really, really believe that Tremont Waters should be the backup point guard for this team. Like the permanent backup point guard, you got Marcus Smart coming off the bench, but he's not like Marcus Smart is like the sixth starter. Like I wouldn't consider him like a backup point guard. Like Tremont Waters would be the backup point guard. Um, And, you know, kind of changing, changing direction here, uh, going back to Jalen Brown, he looked solid. He looked like, honestly, one of the only players that didn't really look rusty in a sense. He came out, like I said, right out of the gate, hitting that turnaround jumper, finished with nine points, three for six shooting, three rebounds. Um, Marcus Smart uh, was doing Marcus Smart things. He was, he was chucking up three-pointers, missing three-pointers, went 0 for 5 from three, but he had three steals at half. He had one play. Uh, I remember people probably saw it. You know, I know you saw it, Ryan, where it was like the inbound play where they inbounding and just snuck in front of the uh, – I forgot who was who they, uh, Steve Nams was inbounding it to, but he just stole the ball. Easy layup right there. Um, Marcus Smart just showed his defensive, uh, his defensive power, how great he is on defense, and why he is one of the best defenders in the league. Is there anyone else that really stood out to you that game, Ryan? Well – Besides Jalen Brown and besides Marcus Smart, uh, I'd have to say Grant Williams. Grant Williams stood out to me because I – well, this is a guy, first of all, that we've seen all season. Uh, he is a rookie, and we've seen him make a pretty good impact on this team considering it is just his rookie uh, rookie season. Um, I, I believe he did have the highest percentage in the league for successful post-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I stand corrected, I think he was number one atop that list, but he played solid. Like Grant Williams is going to be a solid guy for this team. Like I even saw today, like he must've been lo- working on his handles or something. Cause there was a couple plays where he was just using his handles and showing off, but he stood out to me. And another guy that stood out to me was Carson Edwards. Mm-hmm. Carson Edwards is like he had a better showing in the second game, which we'll get to in a few minutes in the first uh, the first game. But it's like I I've, we said it on the previous podcast, you know, being in the Orlando bubble, I think it's really going to benefit players since there's no fans, there's no real pressure, there's no not as much stress or anything like that, pressure from a, a away fans, nothing like that. And it'll give players a chance to put on bigger performances than they would have if there were. And I think Carson Edwards is someone that could benefit from that, especially. And going back to Grant Williams, he hit a three in that game against Oklahoma City, and he's not really someone that we are used to seeing hit threes throughout the regular season, which it's a shame because he was actually a very good shooter when he was at Tennessee. I mean, he was a phenomenal player at Tennessee. So, like, when he came in and he went, like, 0 for 30 or nearly 0 for 30 to start the season, it was just, like – you know, like what's going on here? And it's like, it's a shame because then he hits a three and it's, everyone's like shocked to see him hit it. It's like, well, like, you know, I wish people weren't shocked. I wish this is like, this became a normal thing. But if Grant Williams can start hitting threes consistently off the bench for the Celtics, just adding in with his hustle, uh, his hustle play, his ability to, you know, defend multiple positions, I think that would be a huge Huge plus for the Celtics bench. And also off the Celtics bench, Ennis Cantor finished with 11 points, 10 rebounds in 12 minutes. He's just like, you know, he is just one of those guys that he just plays around the rim. He is one of the best rebounders in the entire league, and he is so great against second-chance points. I really want to say that Ennis Cantor, 
like he's going to get playoff minutes. There's no doubt about that, especially in certain situations where you need rebounds, uh, all this stuff. But man, I wish he was just a better defender. I wish he had more aspects to his game because his rebounding is so valuable. It's just every most other aspects of his game just don't don't help the team that much, unfortunately. Yeah. And Ennis Cantor, I love that we have him now. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather, um, he is someone – I remember, I think it was on the Knicks he had it. He had like a 20-20 game against us. And he's just like – he's one of the best rebounders in the league. I mean, I'd much rather have him on our team on the bench than anywhere else. And plus, even if he doesn't play that much, he's a great morale guy. Like, everyone loves him. He's a funny guy. He's great to have on the team. And he's like, he just speaks so highly of the everyone on the team and the organization itself. So, mm-hmm. super happy – uh, to have him on the team. I don't know how often we'll see him play when the playoffs come around. Like I said, it might just be like a situational type of thing. Um, but the Celtics finished the game like they lost. Um, they lost 98 to 84 to the Thunder. The Thunder looked serious this game. Like Shy Gilgis Alexander is just an absolute stud. I think yeah. he's like, when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard end up leaving the Clippers down the line, the, Cl- the Clippers are going to be like, damn, we wish we still had that kid. Because, obviously, they had to do it to get Paul George, which, you know, you, you got to do it. But he is going to be an absolute side. I think he's going to be an all-star within the next few years. Um, definitely a team that will give someone, whoever they play in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to give that team some trouble. Chris Paul, um, being the leader of that team, being one of the best point guards in the NBA. Uh, but the Celtics, they finished that game shooting 44% from the field, 21% from three. Uh, like I said, the defense looked terrible. Steven Adams just absolutely ate up the Celtics too. So those were the biggest negatives. You know, they looked, some of them looked rusty. Jace Tatum shot one for six, but you know, it's a scrimmage game. First game back. But the biggest worries to me were the interior defense, the defense as a whole, but especially the interior defense, Steven Adams just eating them up. And then, um, you know, their shooting percentages, like 21% from three is just terrible, but just game one. It is what it is. And then we had game two, which was today. They played the Phoenix Suns, and they beat, they beat the Phoenix Suns 117 to 103. My biggest thing is, like, I just wanted the team to – I wanted Jason Tatum to have a better performance. I wanted the team to play better on defense as a whole, and I wanted to see more from guys that didn't really show up in game one. We got a better performance from Jason Tatum – he shot six for 17, which is, you know, not the best shooting percentage, but he had 16 points. He went, I mentioned he just went one for six the first game. He started the game shooting like 0 for 2 or 0 for 3 this game. And it was like, I remember I tweeted out, I was like, please just don't overreact. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. It's fine. He's rusty. It's all good. Um, but Jason Tam finished with 16 points. I'll let you. Tell me about – talk to me about Jalen Brown, Ryan. Talk to me about, about what you saw from Jalen Brown this game because what I saw was someone that I think we should start, you know. He's been the Celtics' best player in the first two games. So tell me about Jalen Brown, Ryan. What, what did he do today? I'm not surprised he's been the best player to start the first two games. He's the hardest worker on this team. Mm-hmm. And all during quarantine, he was getting up super early in the morning and being trained by his grandfather all day. And then he was shooting a ball all day. So I'm not surprised he's been the best player. He's put in the work and he deserves it. But he started off the game hot, just just like he did in the first game. Like he, 
He gets the ball. I believe it was off a rebound or something like that. It was the first two points of the game. He grabs it, goes end to end, um, right down and, and puts in like a beautiful like floater. And that's how he started off the game. And then we saw it again. Like he he's loving that Kobe turnaround. It looks like him and Tatum got going on. Yeah, but bro. It was early in the game and he's up on the – I think it was the post. And, you know, he gives – two fakes to the right I think it was and he comes back kind of sweeps his leg uh towards the inside and gives a little fade away and he's just loving that shot now if like if he can consistently get that shot down like it's gonna be tough to stick with him so he just you know he played like Jalen Brown he played like how he was supposed to play like he's he's I'm not I've, I've been saying this I won't be surprised if he's their best player in the postseason and show him back up He's the hardest worker on this team, man. Like he, he's Jalen Brown, and he's gonna show you. Faith, consist, faith, consistency, and hard work pays off. That's his motto. And I mean, judging by what you said, like he's been working out every day. He's been getting his shots up. He hasn't taken any time off. I mean, this guy has always had a chip on his shoulder. He's always had something to prove, and he wasn't gonna let this, this pandemic. He wasn't gonna let the season being suspended slow him down from turning into one of the best players in this league. And honestly, I think he's, I think, I mean, he's always been underrated, but I think, you know, we have to start considering him the, one of the most underrated players in the league. Like he's just been the Celtics best player the past two games. He looked absolutely dominant. And I agree with you. I've said in the past, I wrote an article a month ago where I said, Jalen Brown's going to make the biggest impact for the Celtics when the playoffs come around. Cause he's been the most consistent player all year round. Like not saying he's going to be the best, Jason Tatum is probably going to be the best player, but like Jalen Brown is like just going to make such a big impact because Jason Tatum didn't really start to get hot until the second half of the year. Jalen Brown's been going at it all year round. And he's just, his numbers are solid. He's, you know, Jason Tatum has developed and he's shown the first two games. He's actually like becoming a very, very good defender. Jalen Brown has always been a great two-way player and he is just going to continue. I think we're just going to see a whole not whole, whole nother side of Jalen Brown this postseason that we've never seen before. And that should be very, very scary for the league. And that, and that turnaround midway jumper, Ryan is just like so sexy. Like yeah. if he hits that thing consistently hit it over. Uh, I'm watching a clip right now. He hit it over Deandre Ayton, the starting center for the Suns. Like if he starts hitting that consistently and J- obviously Jason Tatum already has those types of moves in his bag, like who the hell is going to stop them? You know what I mean? You know, a guy who stood out to me today and a guy who's also very underrated in the league, but I'm not surprised he's good, is Daniel Tice. I love how he comes up for the high pick and roll. And there was a few times today, you know, Tatum scored off of it. Kemba scored off of it. He, I just love how they do that because it's opening up the shots for the players that need to score. But he is very good. I love Daniel Tice, and I'm so happy he's on this team because he's the perfect fit for this team. You know, he can get rough down low. He can defend the rim. He comes up for the high pick and roll. And, like, when he first came to the league, like, years ago, a few years ago, he is a different hand from him. But the guy he really reminded me of is David Lee. Ooh, David um, Lee. Yeah, he – because da- Yeah, and also when he was young in his career, he was very good. But David Lee was all about the pick and roll, the high pick and roll. And, you know, when you do the pick and roll, you either have – you take it, the guy, the ball handler takes it himself, or he'll dish it off to the, to the pick. And 
he reminded me a lot of David Lee and his play style. So, like, I've been saying it for a while now. Like, I've always liked how we picked up Daniel Tice, but now he's just going to keep getting better. Like, I, I just think, like, it's not going to be, like, a huge jump, but, like, he's gradually, like, getting better and better and better. And when he just was using the pick and roll today, I loved it because it was opening up opportunities. And he's a guy that teams should really watch out for on that move because he's going to get a lot of guys open. Yeah, you know what they say, Ryan, Tice is nice. And there's yes. a reason why people say that. I mean, he's great in the pick and roll. He's just like the perfect center for the starting lineup to go with Kemba, Jason, Jalen, Gordon, because he is just like – doesn't need to do much. Like he just does what he needs to do. And, mm-hmm. and that's that. Um, obviously, I mean, this is probably the biggest thing. Kemba Walker, he played this game. He yeah, great game. Nine minutes, and he had a great, great run in those nine minutes. He had six points. Um, had that and one play. Had that and one just uh, to start off the game, really. I think it was the second bucket of the game. I predicted, I did a podcast right before this, and I said, you know, Kemba Walker is going to play no more than 10 minutes. He played nine minutes, and that's what we should have expected to see. He looked solid out there. It's, it gives me – it makes it makes me feel good knowing that he is out there. It encourages me that he's – that, you know, his needs seems to be nearly back to full strength. My biggest thing is that, you know, they just don't rush him back into it. We'll see how many minutes he plays during their last scrimmage on Tuesday. Um, but I just want him to be healthy for the – I want him to be healthy for the regular season, of course, because the seeding games, you know, I – it's important that the Celtics come out strong. They, they beat the teams that they should beat, and they fight for that two seed. But the playoffs is what's most important. That's when we need Kemba Walker at his healthiest. But it is nice to see him back out there tonight, or, or earlier today, I say not tonight. Um, so it was nice to see Kemba Walker back. You know, Obviously, the knee injury is not as bad as people thought it was, because if it was that bad, he probably wouldn't have played any of these scrimmages. So... Another player that looked nice to me, Ryan, was Marcus Smart. And honestly, this is honestly some, one of the best games I've seen Marcus Smart play all year. And yes, I know it's a scrimmage, but just the way Marcus Smart played was just so ideal and so perfect to what this team needs. He didn't shoot any threes. That means he didn't chuck up any threes. He didn't take any like, oh, no, 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 no type of threes. Like none where you scratch your head. Ten points, five rebounds, four assists. Dominated the pick and roll was making amazing drives. He had some crazy passes. He had one that was, like, behind the back or whatever. Yep. Like, he was just playing, like, a man on a mission tonight. Or t- I keep saying tonight because the games are usually at night. He played, like, a man on a mission against Phoenix, and he was one of the best players on the court. And honestly, Ryan, if he continues to play like he did today, like, uh, off the bench especially, like – He might win MVP. Whew, he might. <laughs> he, he just might. might. He just might. I, uh, he was, like – Brian Scalabrini was, like, he did this one move where he spun around. I think it was uh, Cameron Payne, and then he made it to the basket, hit a layup, and he was like, uh, he looked like he was playing against. Uh, he was at the YMCA going up against dudes playing pickup. Like he just looked super solid. And um, another guy that stood out to me, uh, Gordon Hayward. He finished with a sneaky 17 points. He didn't score his first bucket until there's three minutes left in the second uh, in the first half, and then he basically just went off uh, in the third quarter. I mean. Jalen Brown had 18 points in the first half, finished with 21. Uh, Jason Tatum, I believe, had – he had 16 in total, but I think he had 14 at half. Um, but he had a good amount of points at halftime. And uh, so Gordon Hayward really couldn't get much going because, I mean, he 
just was watching them do the scoring, which was fine. Um, but he finished with 17 points, which he looked a, a lot better. I mean, not that he looked bad in the first game, but like he just he looked really, really good this game. And um, besides that, I mean, those are the starters. The starters, I mean, all all in all, the starters played well. Besides Jason Tatum having you know kind of a poor shooting performance. Start. It's a start, you know what I mean? Like, he had 16, 6 for 17, better than shooting 1 for 6. He had uh, that shot off in the – I'm sorry. He had a shot in the first quarter where it was an easy J off to the left side of the hoop, <laughs> like wide open, like yeah. right outside the paint. Yeah, he dude, he had a mid-range, <laughs> missed it. Then he got an offensive rebound on the other end, got it right back, shot it, missed it again. I was just like, dude. Yeah. What's like, happening? Come on, dude. Like, why like, are you not hitting? Exactly. I'm like, and like, and I said, I was like, don't overreact, don't overreact, don't overreact. But it all worked out. He's good. He got into his rhythm, got his groove. We'll probably, hopefully, should see a better performance from him next game. Um, what did you think about the bench uh, this game, Ryan? I know Romeo Langford didn't play the first game. He played. He played today. And I was, I was personally, I was very impressed with what I saw from him. Well, his first touch of the game, he took it and went right to the hoop. So that just shows, you. Know, and he drew a foul on it. So that just shows, you know, he's maturing right there. You know, he's not afraid anymore. He's not going to be hesitant. He's all about attacking the rim now. So that was a good sign to me. Uh, another guy that stood out to me was our guy, Tremont Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the game, his court vision was just really showing off. He had one where he was uh, going to the right side. It was towards the end, probably like two minutes left. And it was just a nice dump off pass. I think it was to Tice who was cutting on the, on the baseline or it could have been Cantor. And then there was another play, like the next possession later, there was another baseline cut. I think it might've been Romeo and he just yeah, dished Romeo. it. So yeah, he dished it so nicely on the and back. Got the cut. One there. Yeah, it was a beautiful backdoor cut. It was on both of them. So, like, his court vision just, like, shows. And when he's out there, like, I'm so much more comfortable with him than Brad Wanamaker. Like, like I don't know what to tell, like, Brad Wanamaker. Like, dude, like, it's <laughs> – I'm sorry. Like, no, I you know. just – you just don't cut it for me. I don't think you cut it for anyone. To be Brad Wanamaker had a he had a better showing this game. Yeah, he, he did play well, but he, the first game Tremont Waters played more minutes than Brad Wanamaker. This game Brad Wanamaker played more minutes than Tremont Waters. I think Brad Stevens is just kind of messing around with the lineup, seeing what he can do with them. Uh, Brad Wanamaker had nine and four, but Tremont Waters played five minutes and he had three assists. He didn't. He shot zero for one, but he had three assists. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he went in there in the very limited amount of time, and he was getting his teammates involved. He was getting people going. That Those backdoor cuts, those passes, those baseline passes he was making, that Romeo Langford, he had nine points, three for six. Fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, Ryan. I didn't know this, but he leads the team in defensive rating. He has a uh, 102.1 defensive rating. Like he, I did not know that. He is, like, he is someone – that he dealt with injuries all year. He in college, he was he was a top five prospect going yeah, into his, college, into his freshman year. Thumb. He had he chipped injury. a bone in his thumb, and he played through it all year during college. And he still averaged almost seventeen points a game. Comes into Boston, still dealing with the injury. His jump shots, like eh, he had to work on it, and it looks a lot better now. But 
He is what makes him so special. I think he is someone I want the Celtics to hold on to him. When he got drafted at 14, people were like, yeah, that was such a reach, this and that. Like, why do we get him? He has a lot of potential. He has potential to be not only a great scorer, who I can see averaging like 10, 11, 12 points a game off the bench when he finally gets it going. And I think he's going to get a lot more playing time going forward, especially next season, if not for this run. But he's almost – he's a better defender than he is on offense. And that's what like the crazy thing is because he's known for being a scorer, but he is a phenomenal defender. He is quick. He is great on ball. He knows like he just makes the right, knows where to be at the right time. He is just, he can become a very special player. And I think people need to keep an eye out for that. And they can't let the fact that he didn't play all year because of an injury distract you from the fact that he can be, a key member to the bench moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying what I've been seeing from Romeo. And that is just another great addition to the great wall of Boston. It really, oof, it really is. That's dude. what I'm talking about. This defense, like not even this season, but the upcoming season when, every, you know, this full team has had a year together and everyone's back healthy, hundred percent, like a full season. The defense is going to be incredible. They're going to be a top three defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, they were a top five defense this past year. They haven't been playing like a top five defense in the scrimmages. I mean, the 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 worst takeaway I got from this game was their defense. Like, there was just some times where it just looked atrocious. Like, they weren't getting back on fast breaks. The interior defense was still weak, just like it was the first game against Steven Adams. Um, I think – the Celtics, they just haven't shown as much effort on defense as they show on offense. And I don't know if it's because, like, the matchups. I don't know if it's because we're undersized against guys like DeAndre Ayton I know against Steven Adams. But, like, if they play like they did today against teams that, you know, that have, you know, the Sixers have a Joel Embiid or even the Lakers have Anthony Davis, like, they'll get eaten alive by those guys. And, Robert Williams needs to step up. Like I know yeah. he's coming back, he's getting into the groove things. He was hurt mostly all year. I understand that. But he needs to find his role off the bench. He he only played 8 minutes, so I mean he needs more minutes as well, but he just needs to get back into it. His defense is there. Like we we know how great of a defender Robert Williams can be. He is just He's very jumpy. And when I say that, I mean, like, he just bites at so many pump fakes. He's all over the floor. Like, he just needs to clean up his game on defense. Um, he didn't take any mid-range jumpers. He took a few mid-range jumpers the first game, hit one, didn't shoot any this game. So it's promising that he's, you know, starting to spread the floor a little bit because, you know, in the NBA, it's probably you need a jump shot. Yeah. But Robert Williams can help a ton in that department as far as, you know, interior defense and all of that goes. He just needs more minutes and he needs to show that he can make an impact off the bench. Cause if he does that, that, that these issues I'm talking about won't be any issues. We just, we need him to be at full force. We need him to be the Robert Williams that we need him to be. Um, but is there anything else you want to pick apart from this game? Like anything else that stuck out to you, good or bad? Well, just to like go on Robert Williams a little bit, this guy's yeah. expectations since we've drafted him have been so high. And it's it's like for good reason because when he was going through the draft, he was supposed to be like a top ten pick. Yeah. And then his attitude and the lack of, you know, hustle and everything like that made him fall off a little bit. 
and his commitment. And we saw that from the first day when he was supposed to have his post-draft meeting with Danny yeah. Ainge and he showed up late. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, we'll let it slide, like go celebrate and stuff like that. But, you know, you're not a kid anymore. You've been in the system for a little while now and you understand what is ex- expected of you and you understand the expectations that the fans have for you. So, like, you either got to work or you got to just, like, say, like, you know, I don't think Boston's the fit for me because we're here to win championships, and we're expecting you to be the center of the future, which is a true fact because everyone's been expecting that. And at least off the bench, he could be a solid center off the bench. So, like, he truly needs to step up his game. It's not even with the scrimmage games, not even for this postseason, but coming up for future seasons because he's going to be very important for this team. You know, Daniel Tice is there, but Robert Williams is a X factor to this team, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And he's a guy that, like, you can see him starting alongside the duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tan. Like, he just fits their play style so well. Just quick, athletic, can jump through the freaking – can jump through the roof. Like, the guy – uh, can block like his per 36 stats are insane. I'm thinking he averages like five or six blocks per 36 minutes. Like he is an incredible athlete. That's why, you know, he was projected to go so high and he fell because of his attitude issues. There's still plenty of time for him to get better and improve. He needs more playing time. He just needs to, he really needs to focus on improving his game on defense. Like defense is his, like that is what, is the best part of his game. That's the best aspect about him. Like he's just a phenomenal defender. He just needs to learn to make the right decisions. He can't be jumping at every pump fake that there is. Like if that person, if it was a regular shot he was putting up, he'd probably block that into, he'd probably break the screen. The, uh, those uh, screens that they have in the back where they say like those Celtics yep. and stuff. Like he spikes these balls. Like he can't, he just needs to know when to do it at the right time. He can't just be all over the place. Um, but like I said, this isn't in any way like me like trashing on him. It's just, you know, I, I just really want him to do well because he has a ton, so much potential. And I, I think he just has so much promise, and I don't want him to waste that potential because he can just do great things in Boston. He just needs to, um, he just needs to work on it because if, if, yep. if he plays – if he plays the to the best of Robert Williams, if Robert Williams plays to the best of Robert Williams' abilities, that can be just as big of an X factor for the Celtics as anyone else. And I, I truly mean that. So Robert Williams, um, I love him. I think he has so much promise. We just need to see more out of him. We need to see better out of him. Because if we do, that could really, really take the team over the edge. Because especially helping with defense off the bench, backup big man, like that's something people have been begging for and we have him in Robert Williams he's just been hurt so yeah well hopefully we see more from him going forward but another, overall no go ahead go ahead I, I was just gonna say another guy that I noticed real quick just one play that I saw and just is a great example of who he is is semi Ojale. Mm-hmm. I mean like we've been expecting him for years to be a guy off the bench you know like not like a top seven guy but you know a guy you can bring in and he can get some buckets and and really play some great defense. It's not his defense that is the issue, but it's his offense that is still an issue. You know, he'll have, like, wide-open threes and he'll brick them. But he had a great play today where he got an offensive rebound over Devin Booker, and he just ripped it right out of his hands and it turned into a jump ball. But I just wanted to point that out because that's something that 
Semi Ojale is really good for for this team. Like he's the bottom of the rotation guy, and he's bringing energy. You need everyone in on this on this team if you want to win. That's how it goes. And just Semi Ojale showing that in a scrimmage game that he's putting it out on the on the line for this team is a good sign. Like I I'm a big I I like Semi Ojale. Like I think he should be a better shooter. But also, just if he can bring the energy, that's fine with me, and that's what he was doing on that play. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm a semi Ojale fan. The only thing that bothers me about him is the fact that like he's been in the league for a few years, and it's like his offense really hasn't improved that. He much. hasn't really. Yeah, he hasn't really changed at all. He's been exactly. kind of the same player, and that's 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 the problem with me too. It's like at this point, you kind of have to have your offensive side up. Mm-hmm. We know how strong you are, and how well your defense is, but you're getting wide open threes in the corner. You should be banging those every time. Like you should be automatic. Like he could be like a James Posey automatic. If you really worked at it, like Mm -hmm. I was watching um, yesterday, I was watching with my friend, we were watching game four of the 2008 finals when they had that 24 point comeback. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I was explaining to him. I was like, the reason why James Posey was so good for this team is because he was automatic from the corner. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, he was automatic. And, like, semi like could be that guy, too. Like, you come in, you play hard defense, and you hustle, but you're also a corner specialist. And he, like, he still has the potential to be that. He does, just, yeah. He has not, like, really truly improved on offense since he's been in the league. I just think he needs to focus more on his strong, like, the strong parts of his game. So, like, he needs to use his strength, his size to his advantage and not, like – force anything like yes we want him to shoot we want him to be a better shooter and all this stuff but like you know try focusing on driving more try focusing yeah. on you know that play you talked about the ripping post. getting in the work the post work on uh running in for rebounds offensive and defensive like try to try to change things up uh, he's just been someone that he just hasn't improved really i mean right. his defense has always been there so it's not like i'm saying like he he hasn't really improved on defense because he's always been a great defender. Like that's just not something he's lot. He hasn't gotten worse at it. He hasn't really gotten better at it. He just needs to evolve his game more. And I'm, I really hope it's not too late for him because he's one of those guys that's like, you know, end of the rotation. His contract is going to be up soon, and it's like you know, if the Celtics can fill out that spot with a better shooter or someone else that could be more productive than Semi Ojale, they might just do it. So yeah. I, I hope the best for him. I, I really want him to have a strong, uh, strong showing during these uh, the last scrimmage game, regular season playoffs. I mean, and he's so, he's a situational player too. I mean, we've seen him play. Um, you know, when we go up against the Bucks, like he's one of those guys that you can go in and he can help be a throw. A, he can be a body that you can put on Giannis. Like I'm not yeah. saying he's a yeah. Giannis stopper. There's no Giannis stopper. There just isn't. But it's like he's another body you can throw at him. You can try to contain him to his averages or just, like, not going off for, like, 40, 50 points. You know what I mean? And right. he's someone that's capable of doing it. So he definitely has purpose. He definitely has value on this team. He just needs to, he just needs to find more ways other than defense to, to help this team out. Yeah, to impact the game. Yeah, so – and the Celtics won this game 117-103. They have one last uh, scrimmage game on Tuesday. I forget 
who they're playing against. Let me see if I can check right now for you guys. They're going up against the Houston Rockets uh, at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. I will love that game. That's going to be a great game. Yes, that will be a big test because we saw more of the starters play today. So you can imagine that the starters are going to play a good amount on in this game against the Rockets. We'll see if Kemba plays. We don't we haven't heard word about that yet. If he feels good, I'm sure if he reacts well tomorrow, his knee feels good, he'll definitely play some more minutes, maybe more than nine, maybe maybe like closer to fifteen minutes. We'll we'll see what happens. But um yeah, that'll be a very, very fun game to watch against the Rockets, James Harden of uh, Russell Westbrook. But we are just getting – we're getting closer. We're getting close to the start of the regular season when the games actually start to matter. Uh, Ryan, do you think, judging by the first two scrimmage games so far, how, what are your confidence levels going into the first game against Milwaukee? Uh, the thing is, Tatum's just really got to get his shot back. Mm-hmm. And he, like, obviously he is so important to this team. So, like, if Jason Tatum isn't hitting shots – you know, you got to find it from somewhere else, and that means either Gordon Hayward has to step up. I mean, Jalen Brown is is playing fine. Like, he doesn't have to step up at all. Like, I mean, Kemba Walker, like, he doesn't have to step up. Like, he just has to get back into the swing of things. So, it's like Jason Tatum is so important. Like, he has mm-hmm. to find his shot back. And, like, if we see in the third scrimmage he's still struggling, like, I don't know how confident I'm going to be in that first game against Milwaukee. Like, yeah. To begin with, I already had them losing Same. just because, yeah. just because, like, you know, the first game back, you're going up against Giannis. You know, Chris Middleton plays like Jordan every time we play him, and it's the first game back. Like, that's just how the Celtics roll. But after that, like, I'm not as worried with what happens. It's just against Milwaukee, I already had them losing to begin with, but their struggles are kind of concerning me. Jason Tatum shooting and like getting his rust off he needs to get that rust off faster because you know the days are coming dude like the most the important games are coming and the postseason you only have eight games until the postseason after we play this final scrimmage so he needs to get back yeah no 100% agree I mean the Milwaukee the Milwaukee game that is one of the games one of the two games I believe I have uh the Celtics losing and during their eight regular season games, they, if they want a chance of winning, they can't be playing like they did uh, in these two scrimmage games, especially on defense. Um, the, the defense just – that is what is concerning me the most right now. They just need to play with more effort, play with more heart. Everyone does. I mean, you, you have your individual performances. Jalen's been okay. Smart's been fine on defense. Jace Tam, honestly, has been fine on defense. Romeo Langford has looked great today when he played defense. But – Everyone else needs to step up. Tyus needs to step up. Uh, Jalen needs to step up a little bit more. Gordon Hayward needs to step up. Just as a collective, as a whole, the Celtics' defense needs to be better because I, I said earlier, I mean, if we go up against guys with, like, dominant big men like Embiid, Davis, even Giannis, even Giannis at six for 11, seven feet, he could really do a number on us. So that's what I want to see uh, the Celtics – improve on the most obviously Jason Tatum needs to get get his shot back today was a good first first step in that direction yeah um, but the second quarter he started getting it down yeah he was hitting his you know he was hitting his patent and uh, uh side step threes 
He hit a pull-up three. He was hitting some some middies. Like, he, he was looking good, and he was getting to the line, which is promising. Uh, so, I'm not as concerned about Tatum as I am about defense getting better. But, you know, we have one more scrimmage game against Houston. That will be obvious. That will be the toughest game because Houston is a contender. They are more of a contender than the Thunder and, uh, or the Suns. I mean, that shouldn't really be said. The Suns really aren't a contender, but the Thunder are our playoff team, and they're, they were a tough challenge. But the Rockets will be the biggest challenge in the scrimmage games, out of all the scrimmage games for Boston. So we'll see what happens in that last game. But, Ryan, you have one more thing to throw in? Yeah, I, another factor I just wanted to throw in, we also have to consider they are definitely still trying to get used to the court that they're playing at. Oh, for you, sure. You, you know, like, fans bring so much energy into the game. It's, like, very noticeable. Like, mm-hmm. when they're out there and there's no one around them, no one's cheering them on, it's just them and the, the coaching staff and obviously the people that run the games. It's very hard. Point. It's it's like it's just a pickup game at that point and it's really hard to get into that mentality. Like if you played sports growing up at practice if you scrimmaged, you were lackluster like you weren't putting as much effort into it. As soon as the fans are there, like your adrenaline is through the roof. It's different because yep. also you you have someone to show off for and then you also just have the fans in general like just the noise of them hyped you up a little bit. So just getting used to that is a factor. And I think that's something that in the first two games we've really seen, you know, with no fans and with no one to really hype them up, they aren't putting in as much effort as they should. So I I think that's also a factor not a lot of people have thought about. It may say sound dumb. It's just like they should be able to play without them. But they, the fans make a big factor no. when it comes down to games. Yeah, that's a great point, Ryan, especially home crowds. Like, I mean, like let's say you got a game seven and you're at home. Like, that's in your favor right away because yep. you got the home crowd and everything. Uh, Kemba Walker said after today's game, he goes, you know, they asked him how it was playing in front of no fans. And he goes, you know, it's definitely something to get used to because he said he's never played in front of no fans before. And, right. you know, a lot of NBA players would say the same thing. So that's a great point to make, you know, even though I think, you know, they'll, they'll get used to it and everything like that. Um, it's definitely a tough transition at first. I, I think in time, they'll obviously get used to it. I and mean, they're going to be playing a ton of games in front of no fans. So they'll be used to it. But to start off, yeah, I mean, that definitely – definitely is having a negative effect on some of their performances and how how they're coming out and playing but yeah that's all we really have to talk about today we just wanted to give a quick uh a quick summary or quick uh, our takeaways of the first two scrimmage games we're happy to have had games to watch to be able to talk to you guys about next week we'll have we can talk about the last scrimmage game or we'll even have the the game the opening game against uh, milwaukee that we'll be able to talk about so that's on friday and when we record next Sunday, we'll be able to talk about that. And hopefully we can talk about how the Celtics came out strong and they got their first one of the year. But regardless, we're just happy that basketball's back. You know, it's just exciting. I'm, I'm a bas- we're, we're both basketball guys. I'm excited to just have basketball playing on my TV, whether it's the Celtics or not. Just being able to enjoy sports. I've been watching baseball the past few games. I already lost money today. Uh, betting on baseball so I can't Rip wait right you know what that's just part of it so uh, basketball is going to be doing the same thing as me breaking my heart in a few days but you know what? I wouldn't want it any other way 
But thank you guys for listening. This was episode 10 of Chasing Bears. Actually, you would want it another way. You'd want to win. Of course. Yeah, you, know what? you don't want to lose. I, just, I miss the feeling. I miss the feeling of that rush of just. I miss losing. I miss losing because, like, listen, those losses make the wins much feel so much better. No, so, that's true. It does. That's, true. that's, that's truth. You lose ten dollars here and there. If you feel really good when you win, uh, when you win like two hundred bucks, I'll tell you that. You got so, me needing to go to the casino out. right now. Oh, don't. Well, <laughs> sometimes win, baby. Wins. Uh, the only Rhode Island, shout out Rhode Island, the only state in the in the country that you only have to be eighteen plus to gamble. So so crooked. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so messed up. As soon up. as I graduated high school, I was I found myself at Twin Rivers. I was like, what am I doing? I'm only 18 years old. But anyways, <laughs> we we'll talk about our gambling addiction some other times. Shout <laughs> out Jojo White, number 10, retired by the Boston Celtics. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. There you can find the handles to both Chasing Banners on Twitter at Chasing Banners and our other basketball podcasts at Hoops Caviar. You'll also find the link to my blog. We are coming out. I mean, me, I know you are too, Ryan. We're coming out with much more content now, so much more content now that basketball's back. So you can follow along for all of that good stuff. And, Ryan, uh, plug, in, plug in your stuff, my guy. So you can find me on Twitter at 401Sheehan. Shout out the 401. That's what I rep. Uh, you can find the my podcast, Sheehan's World. I tweet out the link every week. Last week, actually, this past week. I did not do an episode. Um, I kind of focused on building up something else. So you'll see there's a skipped week. But I do have an Instagram for my podcast now. It's called Sheehan's World Pod. Um, it's very noticeable. It just says like Sheehan's World when you <laughs> click on it. So like it's noticeable. But uh, yeah, I'll post the stuff there. And then we got Chasing Banners, obviously what we're doing right now. And then we have Hoops Caviar that we record every Wednesday night. So you can also find that on Twitter. Absolutely. And once again, we thank you guys for listening, checking back in. We're excited to have the Celtics, Celtics news to talk about, these games to talk about and cover. And we are, we are just excited basketball is back, but we are also very excited for the regular season to start up in less than a week. It's going to be a journey. It's, we'll see what happens but thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week peace love happiness and go celtics go celtics guys peace out <laughs>